Welcome to Echo, the podcast where we share our personal perspectives on questions about God, spirituality, and the Seventh-day Adventist Church. I'm Ryan Becker, your host. No matter who you are, we hope that you find value and encouragement through real discussions about real things. Let's jump in. Hey guys, welcome back to Echo. I'm Ryan Becker, and uh, we are on the campus of Southern Adventist University in the College Hill Church. And the reason that I tell you that is very important in that the College Hill Church is doing some construction right now, and so you may hear some weird groaning noises. Uh, that is not my stomach. I actually ate a big lunch today. Uh, the real reason is someone just doesn't know how to use a drill, or there's some loud thing that happens over on the building that they're adding to the Collegeville Church. So you might hear some weird construction noises. Just bear with us. That's life, right? Um, but today I am joined by two wonderful guests, Harold Carvalhall and Jessica Williams. Uh, so let's go ahead and start with introductions. Harold, tell us about yourself. I am a Southern. I am a student at Southern Adventist University. That was awkward. And I'll be majoring in finance, and it's my transfer here. So my first year here, I'm getting used to all the environment, the people. Originally from Florida, so a Sunshine State boy. Hey, I'm from Orlando, so that's cool. I didn't know you were from Florida. That's yeah, awesome. Oh, okay, awesome. And then Jessica, what about you? Yeah, as Ryan said, my name is Jessica Williams, and I um, recently moved to the College Hill area to work at Southern as an admissions counselor. Before that, I was in the Loma Linda area working at Loma Linda Academy, teaching Bible there for 13 years. Cool. So um, that kind of gives us a good, we have a wealth of experience in this room and uh, some different life stages as well uh, that can represent this issue because uh, this is actually one of the biggest, I think today's topic is one of the biggest ones in Christianity across the board. I mean, this has been something that's been in apologetics as long as the church has existed. It's been a criticism of uh, those who would attack faith and try to disprove it. And it's this issue of, of answered prayers. It's this issue of, of um, how do we deal with uh, seemingly selective answered prayers? And, uh, you know, I pray for... Uh, for something and I don't get it. And then someone else next to me prays for something and they get it. Or I read online and someone else, you know, got the funds they needed to go to this school, but then my other friend didn't get the funds they needed. Uh, or this team, uh, I always find it funny. It's the most true in sports. Uh, when a team wins and they go, thank God, without him, I wouldn't be here. And it's like, God did not, what? <laughs> uh, how do you know that God wanted you specifically to win this game or your team to win this game over the other? Um, because, you know, when I read Scripture, I, I, I see a God that as in as many cases as possible wants everyone to win in whatever way he can. Uh, the way I've heard it said by a good friend of mine is he's looking for loopholes to get you in, not excuses to keep you out. Right, he wants to get everyone on board, and and that is the win in his book. And obviously, not everyone is on board with that same plan. But uh, so I always find it funny in sports when when I see that happen. So uh, just a word of caution as we as we jump in, uh, this topic tends to bring out some serious conversations. Uh, I know as I think about it, uh, there's a little bit of heavy stuff from my own story that I may share here today. So. Uh, listener, if uh, there's any awkward moments here, any awkward silences, anything like that, just be, just know it's because we're being honest and wrestling with this topic just like anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's start with, uh, you know, has there been a moment in your life uh, where you've experienced a selective miracle or a selective answer to prayer where, um, you know, whether it went your way or not, 
Um, or, you know, if it's not in your life, is it in, has it been in someone else's? Jessica, we can start with you. Yeah. Um, I have a personal experience, um, of a, a miracle that happened in my life and, and where people were praying for me and, um, I experienced healing from it. I was two and a half years old and, um, one day my mom noticed that my skin was really jaundiced and, um, there were some other things that, that, um, they noticed, but um, she took me in, uh, and um, to make a long story short, they ran some tests, um, and uh, the doctor said, you need to take her to to um, the hospital. It was at a clinic that, that mm. uh, where my mom took me, because we lived out in the country in West Virginia, and um, so took me to um, uh, the children's hospital, and um, um, basically they discovered I had something called hemolytic uremic syndrome. And it's a disease that affects your um, your red blood cells. It makes your red blood cells um, pretty much destroy each other, basically. Um, and it tends to affect one's kidneys as well. Anyway, they didn't know what caused it then. Now they do. Um, it's, it's caused by E. coli. So the lettuce recall that we had, uh, romaine mm-hmm. lettuce, about, I don't know, two months ago or whatever, that was because of E. coli, and the people that died from it had hemolytic uremic syndrome. So it tends to affect um, the really young or the really old, the elderly, um, because wow. their immune systems are weaker. Um, so anyway, that's that. I came down with that and um, was in the hospital, and um, it was on a Sabbath that things really just weren't going well. Like I didn't have energy; I was just laying in the bed and. Um, um, my parents thought like, oh, this is, this is it. Like this, you know, this does not look good at all. And, um, all the churches in the Mountain View Conference, um, were praying for me. They had a special prayer service at my own church. Um, and, um, the next day on Sunday, I, I was better. I was, I had energy. I wanted to play, you know, all this kind of stuff. And what's interesting is the doctors had no idea what to do. They told my parents, like, we don't know what to do. We've not seen this before. It happens in one in a hundred thousand people. Like, you know, we'll just give her blood and hope for the best. Um, and so, um, my parents and, and I, um, saw that as, you know, an answer to prayer. Um, and so in my own life, I've experienced, um, you know, a a great answer to prayer. Um, But there have also been times in my life where I've prayed for someone, like in high school, my uncle um, had cancer and I prayed, prayed that he would be healed and he wasn't, he died. Mm. Um, So uh, it's, this question is hard, hard to. Yeah, absolutely. To grapple with. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. And I, and I think, um, I think there are a lot of people that hear that and go, well, you know, so-and-so wasn't healed, right? And, and this girl's lucky because she got uh, her prayer answered. And, and sometimes, like, sometimes it's hard to share praises because we don't know how those praises might actually adversely affect someone else's request or someone else's, you know, unanswered prayer, mm-hmm. uh, things that didn't go the way they did. And sometimes hearing people's success stories can make you feel worse about uh, the failures, so to speak, or those times where God didn't move in your own life. And then it's it's like this shame spiral that happens because, well, if God didn't answer my que- my prayer, maybe there's something wrong with me. Um, and, and so this, this, uh, this is such a hard topic because it, you almost feel like 
no matter what you say, it's wrong <laughs> uh, because someone is going to be impacted uh, impacted by it. But um, Harold, before I share kind of my own experience with this, what about you? Has there been a time where that's happened or have you kind of had to ever wrestle with this question before? I wouldn't say there's really been times since that to wrestle or this has happened, of course. Like, I feel like the things that could, very, that could probably be related to most of this is that when I was younger, my grandparents, my father's parents, um, my grandmother, she was she had to go surgery into the hospital, and she was in early. She's like I think, eighty seven, eighty nine, doing the seventh surgery. So of course she's up in her age. She's her immune system is weak. Many people fear that she wouldn't be able to go through, that she wouldn't be able to live through. That would just she wouldn't turn out full one hundred percent okay. But we prayed about it. Of course she turned out healthy again. She lived on for a couple more years. When she got hospital sick again, this time we prayed again, and this time she passed away in the hospital. So we were able. Mm. God said we can live her once, but. Yeah, God said this is her time to come, and my grandfather passed away I think three years after she did. So it's been rough because we prayed for him, and he, my grandfather didn't get healed. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wasn't judging God, but I was say like, why couldn't we have them longer? But then we that of course they're elderly. It's probably how much longer will they be able to live on? I'll be like down or much more like they're already in their age. They lived their whole entire life. They lived through many things. They've had many experiences. God says their time to go, so now is their time to come and mm. go to sleep. Yeah, I th- thank you for sharing that as well. I, um, you know, my own experience with this actually uh, is is tied within my own, and then uh, something I watched happen. Uh, and it was my own mom got diagnosed with stage four lung cancer my senior year of high school. Um, it was actually caught as a tumor in stage one on an X-ray months before, but it wasn't seen. It was misdiagnosed uh. as pneumonia. So when they actually did catch it, uh, it was stage four. And I remember the conference president uh, came to our house. Several other conference officers came to our house. We had a whole anointing service for her. Um, and people were praying for her. Countless people were praying for her. She was the principal of an academy at the time. So this story ended up kind of blowing up a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we found out people from all over the world were, were praying for my family. And sure enough, uh, you know, f- three, four months later, and through a series of events that I still can't explain, Um, you know, my mom was like put first on a new drug trial, got all of her treatments free. Uh, everything came the way that it did was just incredible. And within four months, she went from basically a death sentence to uh, full remission. And even since then, she's beaten it two more times and I still have her to this day and it's great. But then a couple years later, I taught at that academy again and I watched as a student, a 15 year old student, um, he had to withdraw from classes because he had been... Uh, diagnosed with a brain tumor. And he was a popular kid. He was a well-known kid. He was a basketball player. And uh, we watched throughout the school year as he got worse and worse and worse, losing all his hair, uh, being confined to a wheelchair. And this vibrant kid had had kind of gotten weaker and smaller. And watching his friends struggle with that in high school, watching them uh, wrestle with it. You know, we were all praying and we'd all heard these stories of these times that God moves. People would would even cite my story as a time that God moved. And um, and then he uh, unfortunately passed away uh, near the tail end of the school year. And he was 15 years old, 16 years mm-hmm. old. And we did watch a huge spiritual transformation from him. He went and shared his story everywhere. Uh, you can even find his story. His name was Caleb Acosta. Um, and he was, he's been, he was featured in TV programs on the news, all over YouTube of sharing his testimony because he, he completely spiritually transformed during that time, which I do consider a miracle. 
but to his friends whose faith were forming then, mm. it would be easy for me to say, look, God, like you spared my mom at the expense, but no one's faith was at risk, right? But then with this student, he dies and all of these high school kids see this in the formation of their faith and they go, well, is God even real? Mm-hmm. Um, if I had to pick one of those two that were more important and believe me, I love my mom, um, but I think as far as for the overall faith of others, I think, man, it, sh- it should be a no-brainer that that's the prayer you answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are people that look at me and go, you don't know how lucky you have it. And then there are others who don't know the fullest extent of my story because that was only part of it and realize like, oh, I wish you had it luckier. Um, but this is this is hard, right? Like we don't know why God doesn't move sometimes and why he moves in other times. So here to someone who's in that position right now, um, where they are frustrated by God moving sometimes and not others. Uh, what do you, what do, where do they begin? What do, what do we say to them? How do we respond in those moments? What do you think? I feel it depends a lot on the context of what they're going through. There's something for themselves, like God help me get into this college or help me raise enough funds for this thing that I need, that I need to provide or something like that. I feel like there's also kind of like, God is willing to help you, but are you giving 100% of your, of your, time to do the same thing are you trying going out trying to get money or trying to fundraise because god is god is willing to give you the money say go on a mission trip but are you putting time and effort to go out and fundraise to collect the money or you're just saying like god give me money and just let it like mm. sit back and like say god, god god says he has this he got me but are you trying to go out and like going out pastors to neighbors to families to friends to talk like hey i would love to go this can you help me because there's god's willing to help but he wants to see the same effort from you to trying to attain that goal because God doesn't help a person who's selfish and doesn't want to do anything. They, he wants to help somebody who's willing to do anything they can to get attain their goal. Yeah, okay. And, and, and I think, uh, and, and I agree with you, and mm-hmm. I think there's a balance there too, because I don't think what I'm not hearing you do, and I want to make sure I say this out loud and, and clarify, is we're not victim blaming here and saying it's your fault that God isn't answering your prayers. Yeah. Um, but really, when we talk about these things, you want to say, where, it, where you start is you look at yourself and go, what am I doing to put myself in a position where this prayer can be answered? Yes. Um, what, what am I doing? I, I asked once, I asked a, a popular evangelical leader once, uh, what's the line between prayer and action? And he said, if you're praying for a handicap ramp to be built into a building and you have the tools and the money to do it, then just go build it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? If it's something that you can do, you can, you get to be the answer to prayer sometimes, or you get to be the answer to someone else's prayer by your action. And so, yeah, you have to decide, is this something I need to passively wait? And sometimes there is times where you do nothing. Yeah. Or is this something where I actively need to do something and hold up my end of the bargain um, in order to make this successful and, and to put myself in a position where God answering this prayer makes sense? So I think that's fair. I, I wanted to add clarification to yes. that because, but it's super valid. And, and I really appreciate that insight. Uh, Jessica, what about you? What do you think here? Um, I think, I mean, for me, certainly... Um, looking at scripture and seeing um, Jesus' interaction with people. And obviously, throughout scripture, we see Jesus healing, you know, people, friends bringing, you know, people to him or, or individuals coming up and, and him healing. And so, um, obviously, God can heal and and he can do those things. However, I think we should also consider the stories um, as well, where a miracle maybe doesn't happen, um, and to find comfort in that. I mean, I think of the story of Lazarus. Now, obviously, Jesus did raise Lazarus from the dead, mm-hmm. but um, 
in those those two days or probably four, about four really yeah. from the time that that word was sent out to Jesus that Lazarus was sick. Um, here Mary and Martha are, who are best friends with Jesus, good friends with Jesus, and they go through this period of silence. What do we do when God is silent? You know, when when we don't experience an answer to prayer or that answer is no or um, and I think just knowing that we're not alone can be a great comfort when we yeah. when we are on the, the side of praying for something and not yeah. receiving a miracle. I think I, I think we do kind of build up those grand moments mm -hmm. in, in the Bible, forgetting that, I, you know, my favorite moment in all of scripture, hands down, my favorite moment in all of scripture is in Job chapter two, after Job has lost everything, his house is in ruins, he's all scarred up from being sick and getting sores, his wife has left him, and his friends come up from another town, they come to see him, mm -hmm. they see him from far off, and they can't even recognize him. And when they do, they tear their clothes, because that was kind of the custom of, of grieving, they cry. And then the next verse is, Hands, I'm getting chills saying this. Uh, to me, the most powerful moment in all of Scripture, it says, uh, then for seven days and seven nights, Job's friends sat with him and no one said a word. They just sat in something that was so heavy, no one could describe it. Uh, they just existed in that pain. And then what happens, and the rest of that is what happened when they decided to open their mouths. <laughs> um, but um, I just think uh, we've built up these grand expectations that God is going to do something amazing and always going to do something amazing. Mm -hmm. But sometimes the waiting and just sitting in, in, in the grief and the pain, knowing that God is with you and finding community that will walk alongside you and grieve alongside you when you don't get your way. Um, I think those are huge moments because ultimately I can't say, and this podcast is not meant to give anyone the answer to why God didn't answer your prayer. I think the most that we can do here is simply identify with it and mm -hmm. to say, yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and saying it's hard is an understatement. Um, but we've been there and uh, we'll be there again. And I think it's just part of this journey. I don't, I, I it's hard. Yeah. And, you know, praise the Lord for hope and the hope that this is not the end. Yes, you know, absolutely. That, that we have um, a life to look forward to, you know, eternal life, and, um, and, and that, yeah, what we experience here is not the end. If we have to say goodbye to a relative or a friend or whatever, um, it's, it's not the end. Yes, we have, you know, a community that can surround us and, and help get us through, um, which is a great blessing in and of itself, but we're not without hope. Yeah. Um, and that that is so important too. Yeah. Remembering there's more to this story is absolutely huge. Right. Uh, it's not about just this life. And one of my favorite moments or favorite things I know about the Caleb Acosta story is I know this isn't the end for him. And I know we will see him again and we will be reunited with him again. And so I look forward to that day because that kid was awesome and I wish I had gotten to know him better. Um, and And so there is hope for all of us uh, understanding the beliefs that we have. And I think pr keeping things in perspective is huge. Uh, there's this really cool Francis Chan video where he is holding up a rope and the rope is extended all the way off stage. He's in the center stage. And at the end of this rope, he has this little red tape that's like an inch. And he goes, uh, see this red? That's us. And the whole rope is eternity. 
And we're focused on this one little moment here, not knowing that there's all of eternity to come. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that all of eternity suddenly justifies or excuses away all of your experiences or makes them invalid. Uh, I don't think that at all. Right. I, I simply think understanding there's more to come and that the story's not over yet. And there's more to our prayers than just the moment we pray and the answer to them. Um, I, I think that's huge. And I think that perspective is what allows us to kind of uh, walk through life together. So uh, as we kind of close, any final thoughts from you two on, on this that you want to leave our listeners with? Often God doesn't answer miracles, but you cannot take it the wrong way because maybe that miracle is not say it's not meant for you, but you could probably... Uh, use that miracle to influence others. Like, of course, bringing back to Lazarus and like God didn't, God got the letter four days when he was sick. God did not, or Jesus did not go and heal him then. He would heal him after he passed away. And that strength, that strengthened the faith of Mary and Martha and everyone else who was there. They saw Jesus act, bring someone back from the dead. So God doesn't often uh, answer miracles on when you ask for it. He often waits for a time to see how you, like, will you keep the faith? Will you keep believing that God will? God will be there for you. Will He, that He is your stronghold, mm. and He will answer the miracle. Probably not in the way you expected it, but probably some different format later on in your life. Awesome. Thank you, Harold and Jessica. Any final thoughts from you? Yeah, just to kind of reemphasize. I mean, you know, bad things happen to good people and bad people, and um, when something bad happens to you, you know, a, a friend or relative is sick and dies. Just, just the whole, the whole idea that you are not alone. Mm. Um, there are people, um, that, that God places in our lives to surround us, to carry us through, to help us through tough times. Um, and, um, just to keep, keep trusting in him mm. too. Don't let go of that and don't let go of hope. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for this. And to our listeners, uh, thank you for listening. Know that we are praying for you and we understand this is a hard topic. We hope this was encouraging to you. We hope you could identify or maybe resonate with something. Uh, no one has this one figured out. Um, and so that's okay. This is part of this journey. And so thank you so much for listening. Thank you again to Southern Adventist University for hosting us and letting us to, allowing us to record here. Um, and hey, we'll see you next week. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Echo. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay up to date with new episodes as we release them, and for more awesome content from Project Refresh, a ministry of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, then go ahead and hit that subscribe button below. And don't forget to like and leave a comment.